Welcome to Tartan Talk with USA Kilts, our interview series where we chat with interesting people in the Celtic heritage scene, industry insiders, artists, influencers, you name it. Come with us as we highlight unique perspectives and inside stories. So sit back, grab your beverage of choice, and enjoy the conversation. So Kyle, you are the president of the National Tartan Day New York Committee. Very, very easy to say, by the way. Accomplished bagpiper, member of the New York Caledonian Club. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rocky. Not a problem. So you've been involved with the parade since 2011, I believe. Yes. What got you involved in the parade? Uh, Leslie Denninger. One person, that was yep. it. It was all her fault. It was all her fault. So how did you come to it? Um, actually, I got involved uh, with the Caledonian Club first. Okay. And Leslie brought me into the Caledonian Club. Uh, and I met her at a Celtic Fest Nas in uh, New York City, which is like a, just a music festival of all different kind of Celtic uh, culture. And she was there and I was wearing a kilt and she met me and she asked why I wasn't a part of the New York Caledonian Club. So I said, uh, I don't know, <laughs> who's the New York Caledonian Club? Nice. And I joined and uh, a year later, I was elected treasurer, and I've been treasurer of them ever since, and that was uh, like 2009, I think it was, I was elected treasurer. And then uh, 2011, she was elected um, chief of the club again, and she was the representative for the club on uh, the National Tartan Day New York Committee. So she was like, I can't do both of these jobs. Do you want to come up and help work with all of this? Nice. And she brought me in. So you have a, what's affectionately known as helium hand, where I, someone asks you, I was volunteer. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do yeah. it. Nice. I mean, the old treasurer thing was actually funny. I was sitting at a meeting, and they're like, we don't have a treasurer. Kyle, do you want to be treasurer? I'm like, mm, I, I've never been treasurer I can of count. anything. What do you, how, do you do, how do you do that? Well, you just write down what money comes in, write down what money goes out, and give a report, and that's, you're, you're pretty good. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. So you were treasurer? Were you any other jobs aside from treasurer and president or just those two? I was treasurer for the Caledonian Club. Um, then I was first treasurer for the National Tartan New York Committee. Um, and then after being treasurer for a year, I was elected to president. Nice. And you've been the longest running president, I think you said seven years? Seven years. Nice. That's quite a tenure for, for one guy. They must like you. And no one else wants to do it. There's that too. There's, there's a <laughs> lot of that. So, um, how, let's get into the numbers a little bit. How big is, is this thing? How many vendor, or not vendors, excuse me, how many participants in the parade? Sure. How many uh, uh, volunteers? How many people generally attend the parade? Sure. Um, on a normal year, we have about 3,000 marchers. Um, that ranges anywhere between pipers, highland dancers, groups, organizations, schools. We have colleges that come uh, and march. Um, dogs, we have like 75 dogs that march in the parade. Um, all Scottish breeds, lots of different breeds come. So you count them twice for both legs? No. Okay. Fair. Just once, but Very we good. do count the dog and their handler. Fair. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, and then with the uh, spectators, we're hitting close to 50,000 on the street watching the parade. Dang. Uh, that number comes from NYPD. I don't know how they count. They might go around with a little clicker. Or, <laughs> I don't know what they really do. They, they, they take aerial. 50, yeah, they, they take aerial shots or photo either photography or they drone footage of it heads. and they figure out a basic based on the density and the amount of space that the people are taking up roughly how many people are there that's okay. how that's how they do it i'm told fifty thousand. so 
We got about 50,000 people. Uh, volunteers, um, the committee is made up of about 12 people. It's about 12 people do random things, random, random, random other things for the committee, but yeah. Most of them I've brought in over the past few years. Okay, now do you have volunteers on the street as well, meaning like people picking up trash or helping out in those? Uh, the city takes care of the trash. Okay. I don't deal with that um, uh, because the city puts their horses in the parade. They have the little horse riders going behind them with the buckets right. scooping up the, yeah. Nice. They don't now, take the horses for a walk before the parade, so. Now do the, do the participants in the parade have to watch out for landmines? They, they, they shouldn't because they have the people walking behind them with the garbage cans supposed to pick up everything. Okay. Good deal. We're actually going to be in the parade this year, so that's I'm one excited. Thing. I love it. I need to know if I need, like, you know. <laughs> did you register yet? Uh, yeah, I think we did. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, we should have. I you have a you group of a seven or less? Seven no. Or more? Yes, yeah, seven or more, of course. Okay. We have roll deep. Yep, we're getting, we're getting the banner made nice. up. That should be done soon. Excellent. Um, we have, last count, roughly 30 or so. Okay. Um, so it should be a good time. Great. I, it's the first parade I've been in Ooh. as a participant, so I'm, I'm very Exciting. curious. Do you have pipers? Um, we may have pipers going with us. You should. I don't know if they're going to bring any bagpipes. You should tell them. Okay. I'll do that. Always. <laughs> we like to pride ourselves on more pipers per person in our parade. Like, okay. not to tell any other big parades that happen right. to have bagpipers in, in New York City, but they're a six-hour-long parade, and uh, they have, like, 300,000 marchers. And um, in 2019, they had uh, 62 pipe bands in their parade. We have 3,000 marchers, and in 2019, we had uh, 32 pipe bands in our parade. Nice. So, yeah. That's a very good ratio. A much bigger ratio of piper to person. Absolutely. That, nice. So how has the parade grown over the years that you've been involved? Um, just, I, I think, in, in, in terms of professional, uh, professional, I mean, what, what the word would be, just how it's run better, uh, more uh, people that know what they're doing, doing the things instead of, like, the few key people that are involved handling, like, all this stuff. Like, I used to handle registration. I used to handle social media. I used to handle photography. I used to handle a lot of stuff for the parade. Now I have a graphic designer that comes. I have a person that runs all of our uh, registration. That's all she deals with is registration. You probably talked to her. Her name's Barbara. Right. She's fantastic. She lives in Maryland. She volunteers for us, does all the registration, gets it all squared away. Um, I have a volunteer for all of our social media. She lives in uh, Brook uh, Brooklyn. She lives in um, Buffalo, Buffalo, hmm. New York. She comes down, does all our socials and... Yeah, it's one thing that kind of strikes me about uh, uh, the New York Tartan Day Parade is the 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 areas. It's not just New York that the your volunteers are from. You know, it's Maryland, it's Montreal, it's they're all over the place. Buffalo, which isn't exactly right next door to New York. No. So it's it's unique and interesting that all these people are kind of descending upon the city um, to help out this one event. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Now, have you found this to be a an intergenerational thing? Like, do you see fathers and sons or mothers and daughters, you know, that kind yes, of thing within absolutely. this. Yeah, we have a lot of families that come. You have little kids that the best thing is seeing the little young tykes and the kilts walking up the street. Everybody loves them. Yeah, we have little kids in the, in the parade. We have older folks in the parade. We have people that ride little Vespa scooters in the parade because they can't walk. It's great. Nice. Yeah, I have uh, uh, my wife and son are coming with me. Great. I wasn't sure that they were going to want to go. 
So I was like, hey, uh, I'm doing a thing with the, the Kilts and Culture Group and with, you know, the, the company. Do you guys want to go? And she was like, absolutely, we're going to go. Nice. And he's all excited about, you know, marching at a parade. So yeah. that's going to be fun. It's to a say. short parade. It's only 10 blocks. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. The, um, yeah, for, for all the people out there who, you know, are, are concerned about, you know, being able to march, being able to walk that far, or that kind of thing, that's a, that's a very reasonable distance. And it's the short blocks, too. It's not the, new, <laughs> the long New York City blocks. It's the short blocks. It's like alleys. Yeah, like little alleyways, yeah, 10 of them. Now, a lot of people are curious about the inner workings of a parade. Like, it's, it's a bit more complicated than, you know, throwing a kid's birthday party or something like that. Um, take me through, essentially, the year. How do you set up for the parade, set it up for success? Oh, uh, setting up for success is, I think, communication, getting, getting all the word out of uh, launching the registration. We always launch registration on September 1st, but you'd be surprised how many people don't know that we launch on September 1st. It's always been September 1st for, since I've been involved, we've always opened up registration on September 1st and uh, get people registered quick and early because we do a, a guide as well uh, for people to hand out and we have in that guide all the marchers so you can see who's marching in the parade and, and that sort of thing. We're actually this year coming out with an app, which is pretty exciting. Nice. Uh, hopefully that'll be launched soon. Um, but yeah, uh, communication, getting, getting the word out to as many people as we can, making the parade as big as possible. So over the course of the year, like starting with, let's say, you know, let's, let's give you a little chance to relax after, you know, <laughs> mid-April. So beginning with June. like May, June, how do you, what are your, your steps in planning this? Because a lot of people that are watching this um, either are interested in it just for morbid curiosity or they either want to or do plan events and what adds value to them is understanding the steps and the whole process that's involved because it's a lot more, having run a small festival, not myself, I had some help, but having done a little bit myself, I understand that it's, you know, what, you, what goes into it is much more than you see on the day. Yeah. So... Take me through a bit of what are your first steps? You know, do you contact the city first to get a date or take me through the year? Uh, so we pick our own date. The city doesn't uh, care what date we do it, um, but we always do it right around April 6th. We always check for the following year, make sure that it's not on Easter. This year we're yep. doing parade on April 15th because Easter happens to be the weekend before. We don't compete with Easter, so I understood. we go the next year. Just because we want as many people as we can in the city watching the parade, you yeah. know, uh, not for any other reason than that. Um, our first things that we do, the parade ends after the parade. I wait two weeks, give people a breather, and now we have a postmortem. Postmortem is what went wrong, what went right, what can we do better? I get everyone together. We all talk about, everyone gets a chance to talk about what their gripes are, what issues they had, what they think could make things better. And we try to implement that for the next year. But then I give people two months off. You don't come back till June. June, we start talking again. And it's getting everyone together. And let's start talking about what we want to do for the next year's parade. Let's have a couple meetings. Let's discuss, put on the table what we want happening. What, uh, if there's any new things we want to try to introduce. Uh, new, new groups we want to reach out to. New uh, ways of doing things. Like this year, our registration is on Eventbrite. We never did an Eventbrite. Our, our registration was always on our website, and we always had an Excel spreadsheet that we had to manage, an Excel spreadsheet, and now it's Eventbrite. So, and Barbara brought that in. She wanted to do Eventbrite, so I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Tools and organizational tools are, yep. are key for this kind of thing. Yep. It's all, all trying to get uh, ideas out on the table and then start uh, figuring out how to make those things happen. So when do you start contacting um, sponsors? When do 
uh, you know, that's uh, a year round yeah. thing. Sponsors. We're <laughs> um, constantly trying to find sponsors, trying to get people to come and work. And it's also, there's things that are uh, difficult with sponsors because you have some sponsors that are uh, exclusive. Like, so if I, if I deal with uh, say Bellhaven, Bellhaven has been very good to us. They've been a sponsor of the parade. I think since 2007, I think they've been coming every year since 2007, supplying Bellhaven beer. <clears throat> so they don't want any other beer involved. I understand that. Yeah, you know, they're, makes sense. they're sponsoring, giving money. Sure. So we have Bellhaven. That's all we got. Uh, but Bellhaven's great. We have four different kinds of beer served, and it's something for everybody. Whiskey, same difference. You know, they want to do a, a, a whiskey sponsorship. They get the, the whole lot in the bottle. They got a big everything and give us all the whiskey, and it's exclusive. It's great. Nice. Now, do they? Do you have like whiskey and beer tents there? Or is no, it it's for all the for after the after party. It's or? the post parade party. It's for the events during the week. We have different things. We have a kickoff party on Wednesday where everyone that's a sponsor comes in, sets up tables and stuff, and anybody that's in the city for Tartan Week can come on Wednesday and get a chance to meet the sponsors, talk to people, get samples, get little handouts if they want to give handouts out or stuff like that. Nice. Now for the the uh, the people that are marching in the parade itself, do they contact you? Do you like reach out to different like clan societies and things like that? How does that work? Yeah, we do have a outreach. We have um, Lebby Campbell is a member of the Clan Campbell Society who's a part of the National Tartan and New York Committee and she is our clan outreach. It's always been Clan Campbell's been like the uh, clan that has been the part of the committee that reaches out to all the other clans to try and get more clans involved and it's like our clan liaison. Okay. And how do you get out the word to the general, you know, the general populace that aren't going to be in it, but want to be, right. you know, uh, word listen. of mouth and email blast, social media, that sort of thing. Okay. And we don't do a lot of paper advertising. Um, we've found paper advertising doesn't really bring us so much. No, understood. And it's, it's much easier for email, social media, all that yeah, kind of thing. We do social media campaigns and uh, like Facebook advertising and stuff like that. Nice. Targeting specific groups on Facebook and... Big brother of Facebook watches you. They help out. <laughs> now, putting on an event like this is no small feat. And I know that the they, you know, all the people that are on the committee are all volunteers. Mm -hmm. But give me a sense of the, the scope of the resources involved and what are some of the what are some of the costs that most people don't think about, like porta potties or permits and all that kind of stuff. What are the things that go into it? Yeah, so we have uh, we don't have we don't have any porta -pot porta potties. Our parade is two hours long. If you can't come to the parade and have to hold it for that long, you're you have issues. Um, no porta potties. We don't have any vendors. Um, the NYPD doesn't allow us to have vendors on the streets. Uh, but we have to pay for permits for the parade, um, barricades for the parade. Um, if we have advertisers that want to put jackets on the barricade, every barricade that has a jacket is a barricade that we rent. NYPD doesn't allow you to put any any jackets on their barricades. So we have those expenses. Um, other than that, there's really not a crazy amount of uh, uh, expenses for the parade itself. Um, the parade marshal who runs the parade makes sure everything's on time. They're required by NYPD to have a parade marshal that knows the laws of the city and how things got to keep moving. Um, he has a team of people that help make sure that the uh, line of march is in line of march. Like we do a full on line of march. You, you're put in an order and you have to come out in that order. Um, 
is a team of people to make sure that works out. We have um, buses that we rent, two double-decker buses. One is in the middle of the parade at 51st Street. It's not really the middle, it's more towards the end. Um, it's at 51st Street, and that's our announcer bus. Uh, Bob Crichton is like the voice of the parade. He's been doing our announcer for years. He stands on the bus with his microphone, speakers, and he talks about every group that's coming up the street. So your little blurbs when you registered, you put a little blurb about your company, what you're doing, Bob will be talking about you in that. Nice. Um, uh, then we have sort of buses are right now. We have a bus at the end of the street, which is the Grand Marshal bus. Grand Marshal stands on top of the bus and pretty much waves to everybody as they come by and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. And the Grand Marshal is at the end or the beginning of the parade? Uh, the Grand Marshal <laughs> walks through the entire parade okay. and then gets on a bus at the end. So they lead the whole parade. They lead the whole parade. Yep. Got it. Nice. First group out is the uh, mounted police for NYPD. And then second group is our official pipe band of leading the parade that tends to be any number of different pipe bands. So if we have a large visiting pipe band from Scotland, we try to give them a little honor of leading the parade. If we don't have a big pipe band from Scotland coming out or they're not interested, we'll put, um, uh, well, it depends. If, if we have both uh, Army and Navy in the parade, then Army always goes first. Army's got to be before Navy for some reason. That's their Alphabetical. Laws. Yeah, probably alphabetical. Um, but so it's either West Point cadets leading the parade or uh, Annapolis. It would almost make sense to have the winner of the Army Navy game from Philadelphia. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a whole military thing. If Army's in it, Army has to go first. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. The uh, so how often do you have bands from Scotland coming over to play here? Nice. Every year we get two or three bands that come over from Scotland. Now, do they? Or does the parade pay for them to come over? Nope. Or they come over on their own? They come over on, on their, their own. own. They raise their own money and they come over on their own. Dang. Yeah. Hmm. This year we have uh, Morrison's Academy is coming over. We have uh, Oban High School's coming over. Um, and I think there's another two other bands that I can't remember off the top of my head that are coming. Uh, but it's a good year this year for, for uh, high school bands coming over. Yeah. So are they any ranked bands or just like high school and whoever? Uh, they, they all do competitions. They're all okay. in like uh, the competition circuit. They play at like the World's Pipe Band Championships. They, they all play. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't know their ranks off the top of my head. I think Oban just won something last year. I was in August for the Pipe Band Championships and I think Oban won something. I can't remember. Okay. So what's the trickiest part of organizing the event? Getting the Grand Marshal. <laughs> getting the Grand Marshal. Right. Hardest part about this entire situation is getting a Grand Marshal. Take me through the process. How do you, from thoughts and ideating all the way through the, the end result of them literally standing at the front? Yeah, so we have a, a list of people uh, that are Scottish born or have uh, a Scottish heritage and and those are people, typically we like to have somebody that's uh, of note, right? Somebody's gotta be notable, uh, lead the parade. It's kind of one of the draws to our parade. We, mm -hmm. we always have somebody that's pretty big, uh, leading it pretty pretty powerful. Um, so we who can we get to first? Really? Okay. Yeah, it's who can we get to first? And we reach out and we try to get a hold of people and ask their managers, ask their friends, ask their brothers, ask their mothers. We did have somebody we asked a couple times, um, and he's told us no twice. Uh, and then uh, his mother happened to come to the parade, and we, we talked to her. He's like, why wouldn't he let him? He's like, don't worry, I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. And she goes, hey, believe he told me no. Who tells their mother no? Anyone do it? 
That's when that's when you get the you know you sneak up at their bedroom window like right. Hey, you knocked up. Can you come to the parade? I know, right? <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So um, once we get a grand marshal secured, it's setting up the travel plans. When can you come? Can you be here Wednesday? Do you have to come in Friday? Sometimes it's Saturday morning. Last year we had Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan, like she was filming in Georgia, filming Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And she flew up Saturday morning. Arrived in New York City Saturday morning, came to the hotel, went upstairs, got hair and makeup, right downstairs, photo shoot, all that stuff done outside and walked in the parade. That must not have been nerve-wracking That, was, that was stressful. It was terrible. <laughs> It was terrible, but she was amazing. She was great. Nice. So list some of the, uh, uh, the Grand Marshals that you've had in the past. Oh, uh, so 2008, I think I recall, was, um, uh, oh, there's a blank. What's his name? Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming, 2008. Uh, then we had uh, Brian Cox, um, Howie Nicholsby was Grand Marshal one year. Um, now you've had Sean Connery. Sean Connery's 2002. Yep. Uh, Graham McTavish, Sam Hewen, uh, Kevin McKidd. Kevin okay. McKidd was great. He was fun. Uh, he, he actually flew a red eye. Flew a red eye out, did the parade, and the whole after party, and after that, and then back on the plane and flew back to L.A. for filming. Yeah, he, like, didn't sleep at all. He was crazy. Um, K.T. Tunstall. Um, why am I drawing blanks on these people? Billy Connolly. Nice. Uh, Billy was amazing. Billy just, he just wanted to do everything. He wanted to come and talk to people. He was just a sweetheart. He comes out of the uh, uh, Algonquin to get ready for the parade and swarmed by people. And he was, every person signed autographs, took pictures, talked to people. Not, he didn't want to push anybody away once. He was just, he was great. He was fantastic. Nice. We had Tommy Flanagan. Uh, Tommy Flanagan's like Sons of Anarchy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the, the scar? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With the, the, Two scars on his cheeks. Yeah. Yep. Uh, him. Uh, yeah. KT was fantastic. She was, she was amazing. Very personable. Very nice. Very uh, uh, into doing whatever. Yeah. It's always nice when you see when you, when you get to meet someone of that note when they've been kind of doted on for their whole for a good part of their adult life, and when they actually meet them and you know they're kind of they're just cool regular people and it's, they don't need that you know they're not high maintenance but yeah. they're just chill individuals. Yeah. Yeah, most of the grand marshals that we've had. I don't know anybody personally that has been like a high high maintenance individual. Nice. Yeah. So take me through the the relationship with the city. How are they to work with, you know, that kind of thing? They're actually great. They love us. They love <laughs> us because we're not a six-hour-long parade. We are two hours. We They can set up and be done and gone, and it's easy. Nice. We're, we're pretty easy for them, and we're not like, um, you won't see people falling on their face, pissed drunk, puking in the streets at our parades. Two hours is a little bit more difficult than a six-hour yeah. parade, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, now, are they, is it like an easy permit kind of process, yeah. Yeah. or is there like levels that you have to go through? The parade marshal fills out all the permits, all, uh, all the paperwork. He's been doing it for several parades, so he takes care of all of that, lets me know when we're good to go, and we're good to go. Nice. So what do you think, if you had to break it down, um, uh, let's say over the course of a year, you know, you volunteer your time, how much... How much time do you think you actually spend as a volunteer in the organization? How many hours do you think you put in over a year? Um, that's a lot. I would, I would do uh, just a matter of, because uh, I'm constantly working. It's constantly trying to uh, make things 
uh, better and, and, and trying to uh, talk to people to try and get sponsorship. And so phone calls and meetings and things, I would not, I wouldn't say every week, but some weeks I'll do 35 hours outside of my normal job, just working on parade stuff like website updates and things like that. And just getting things squared away so that like we're good to go. So a slight passion kind of project for you. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a full-time job that I don't get paid for. <laughs> it sounds spectacular and horrible simultaneously. It is. It's, I mean, it's great. It's a, it's a passionate love. Um, uh, I've been coming to the parade since uh, 2010, 2011, um, and actually like full-on involved since 2015. Uh, and... I don't like since 2015. I don't drink at Tartan Week. I'm actually you don't sober. drink. I'm sober the whole week. As opposed to now, where we're drinking. Sober, we're drinking yes. now because I don't have to worry about exactly problems happening. And this is your fire, not mine. Fair. <laughs> Gotta love dumpster fires. <clears throat> now, do you drink at the end of the parade, the big post party? Sunday is my Sunday's my party. You let loose. Sunday's my party. I don't drink the post parade party because I got to deal with whatever. Drunken fool's gonna jump over a counter and try to serve beer that's not being served. We had that problem last week, last year. <laughs> Sounds like fun. It was great. <laughs> so where do you sell the, the pins and t-shirts and all that kind of stuff? Uh, on our website. Okay, so yeah. there, there's no, you, you mentioned earlier, there's no stands at the parade. We don't have any stands. Everything's online. Um, we do, at the beginning of the parade, we have a little spot at the Algonquin, which is a merchandise table and uh, we have a partnership with probably one of your competitors, actually, Scotland Shop. Okay. Scotland Shop is a partnership with us. They sell all our merchandise for us. Okay. So you don't have guys running around up and down, T-shirts, do get not. your T-shirts. No. I do not. Do you want to do that? That's No, 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 no. Since we're <laughs> going to be in the parade, all I ask is for you to buy me a T-shirt cannon. Oh, T-shirt cannon. There's an That'd idea here. Yes. There, there may I, I probably need a T-shirt cannon and insurance, but... There's an idea here. That is, that's an idea. I'll check my insurance and see what it would, what would roughly cost if we accidentally shot someone in the face with a t-shirt. Hmm. Would it hurt? How bad would it hurt? I don't think it would hurt that bad. I mean, game. you've been to hockey games where they get them, right? I've seen people get hit and they're, they're fine. Fair. There's people get hit with pucks and they're fine. Let's, let's test this. Yeah. Yes. Next video, I'm gonna shoot him with a t-shirt cannon. Mid-April, maybe not. All right, so now this is National Tartan Week, which is not, not just National Tartan Day. So what other events do you have throughout the week? And is it a full week? Yes. Or, okay. Uh, well, mostly for a full week. We have uh, some smaller events starting at the beginning of the week, like Monday and Tuesday. There's a few like uh, lectures and talks of people coming in. Um, Wednesday, we have the start of uh, some uh, workshops we're doing. Uh, so Gaelic speaking, uh, Gaelic singing, uh, pronunciation, stuff like that, some bagpipe workshops, Highland dance workshops, uh, Scottish step dance workshops, that sort of thing happening on Wednesday. Thursday is a full-on uh, Gaelic mod, which has not been announced yet either, but I'm telling you about it, so you got to tell me when you're going to release this. Uh, it's full-on mod that's going to be a competition sponsored, uh, not sponsored, but uh, 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 approved and supported by Uncommon Gaelic, which is the Royal Mod Society out in Scotland. Okay. Uh, it's the first mod happening in uh, Tartan Week, so we're excited about that. Explain uh, what that is for people who don't know. Uh, 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 
Gallic Mod. Mod is a singing competition where you they give you certain songs, you have to learn those songs, and you're judged on your pronunciation and your uh, song ability of the song. So are they bringing in Simon Cowell and like the they are Scotland's actually. Got yes, Talent? Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Yes. Lovely. It's going to be Scotland's Got Talent in New York. <laughs> Do Americans have Scottish talent? <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a lot of people coming down from like Cape Breton to compete and uh, some people from Scotland coming over to compete. And we do have some good Scots uh, speakers in uh, uh, New York, some Gaelic speakers. Alistair White's there, Alistair White's uh, from uh, Isle Sky, I think. Um, but he's actually one of the uh, fiddlers for, um, oh, man, what's it, Battlefield Band? Okay. That's it. He's one of the fiddlers for Battlefield Band. He's an amazing fiddler. Nice. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of talent. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. A lot of talent in New York. So if I'm going to the parade as a first-time spectator, what can I expect? Uh, you can expect a lot of kilts, a lot of bagpipes, a lot of fun. How early do I have to get there? To watch the parade? Yeah. Depends on where you want to stand. If you want to be out in front of the announcer bus where you get to hear all the uh, about all the groups coming up, you can get there at 1.30. Parade starts at 2.00. You should still be able to have a good enough spot. If you want to be by the Grand Marshal bus, which is at the end, where you see the Grand Marshal most of the time standing at the top, but you don't hear about the, the groups, then you want to get there a little bit earlier. That fills up quick. Okay. So with the pandemic a few years ago, was there, how did that affect the parade, both in the year and going forward? And was there ever, was there ever a threat of it not actually going off? Yes. Um, so we were waiting to see what St. Patrick's Day did. Uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade happens just a couple weeks before ours. So we were waiting to see what they were doing before we canceled uh, the parade. And it was looking like they were going to still go, uh, but then they announced that they had to cancel the parade. Um, so when they canceled, we waited a little bit because they were saying that uh, the lockdown was only going to be for a two-week two section. Yeah. And then... We'll be open. It'll be good. And then we're like, well, that's two weeks. That's April 1st. I mean, it's April 7th. We're fine. We can do this. Let's just stay. But then, obviously, everyone knows that New York City shut down totally and made everyone cancel, and it was pandemic-related, so we we're good with that. Um, and we canceled the parade. They sent out a letter, uh, official letter, canceling the parade. Uh, and then two days later, half halfway in a bottle of Glenrothes, I decided, why don't you just do this virtually? Nice. And so it went on virtually. It went on virtually. Nice. Yeah. Prayed up and virtually. I <clears throat> called some friends um, who have their 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 hands in a lot of different groups and stuff. And we got people doing different things. And we got a lot of our friends uh, putting videos of them doing their own little social distance parade of themselves, whatever. And we had posted a lot of stuff. I spent 18 hours online with three laptops and an iPad, just reposting things and sharing things and, and tagging things. And uh, that, was, that was my day for, for Tartan Day, uh, 2020. Yeah. Now in 2021, did it go off? In 20, did you have no, it in 2021? Or virtually no? in 2021 as well. Okay. Was there ever a, a fear or reality that it was not going to come back no. in 2022? Nope. Okay. So it was always- Never nope. thought. It's always coming back. Yeah, it's coming. It doesn't back. matter. It never, come hell or high never, water. Yep, I'm, I was never going to let it die. Yeah, yeah. One of the great things about 2020, um, I'd reach out to a, a Highland dancer in Scotland, uh, Rachel McLaughlin. She's uh, in charge of uh, flings and things in Scotland, and I 
try to put like things together to make things happen for uh, Tartan Day. And she's like, we can do like a little uh, Highland dance tutorial or uh, uh, choreography and send it out to a bunch of people to do their own choreography. And we string it together into a video and we could give the, give you that video it might be like a, you know, a, a, a 15 minute long video or something and get like 50 or 60 submissions or whatever. We can get a lot of people. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Great. She got 750 submissions from around the world. She had people from Uruguay, Highland Dance Troupe in Uruguay. There's a full-on Highland Dance Troupe in Uruguay. How long did that take to edit that together? Oh, <laughs> hours, they spent hours. Uh, they're amazing, I love them for it. Uh, her and a couple other people spent hours editing that video together. And it was like, ended up being uh, 48 minutes long or something. It's still online on YouTube, you can find it. It's a 48 right. minute long Highland Dance video for uh, Tartan Week 2020. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> 2021, uh, Drums and Roses put together a full concert for us. Like they went into the studio, set up their stuff. They did a full uh, concert that we put out for everybody. It was a 45 minute long set. Nice. Now, did, did that go off live on Facebook or yep. how did that go yeah, out? Yeah, it went off live on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. YouTube as well or no? Uh, yep, on YouTube okay. too. Yeah. So if, if you go to our YouTube channel, it. it's there. Yep. Yep, it's on our YouTube channel. Nice. NYC Tartan Week, not National Tartan Day, New York Committee. Such an easy word to say, or phrase. It is easy. I don't know how you can't handle it. I've said it all the time. National Tartan Day, New York Committee. Exactly, just what he said. <laughs> so what happens on Thursday? Uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday, funny you should ask, the St. Andrews Society holds a cocktail reception. It's a beautiful reception, it's black tie, you go in, uh, nice venue. They have it at the, um, it's one of the beautiful venues in New York City, it's gorgeous. Uh, but they have a nice, beautiful reception. After the reception, the Highland Divas are putting on a show at the Cutting Room, uh, which that's going to be a good show. They always put on a, 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 a good show. They have a lot of people coming over. They have, like, the uh, creative director uh, and uh, uh, someone with the music. I forget his name. Uh, the two of them are part of their show for the uh, Royal uh, uh, Edinburgh Tattoo. Okay. Yeah, So because the girls just performed in a tattoo last year, so they're coming over and are going to help them put together a pretty good show. Friday? Thursday. Friday is the we'll Kaylee. Friday, yeah. Pre-prayed Kaylee. Uh, that's always a fun time. We get five, six hundred people in a venue and dance and drink and eat and it's a fun time. Saturday morning's a parade, post-parade party after that, post-post-parade party after that. Um, for those real good ones, it's the post-post-post-parade party if you want to really be out all night long. Uh, 10 a.m. We're at uh, Taylor again for the uh, full Scottish fry brunch, which is a uh, buffet brunch of Scottish fry food. Nice. Yep. Session after the brunch downstairs is full Scottish session. We just hang out and everyone comes in. And we talk to people and they're like on their way out to the airport. They stop in, say goodbye, and nice. So they just chew the fat and kind of a nice just chill. It's chill Sunday into the chill. weekend. Yeah. All right, now you've been with the committee for 10 years. So what is, your, what is your most valuable lesson you've learned in running an event through a pandemic? Keep your Even. calm. Keep your calm. Keep your calm. Yep. You seem like a pretty chill guy. I've spoken to you a few times now. <laughs> I don't, yeah, whiskey helps. Whiskey. Yes, you know, whiskey helps, sure. Whiskey yes. helps. The, uh, yeah, there's... Yeah, I can't imagine. Keep your calm. There's yeah, always the something's going to happen. 
and you need to keep your comm so that you can fix it. Don't get excited about it. Don't get upset over it. It already happened. Yeah, I have a sign in my office. It is what it is. It is what it is. I you cannot change the past. The you got to accept it and move forward and figure it out. That's if you right. dwell on it, you're done. I say that all the time. It is what it is. How can we fix it? So out of, in those 10 years, what is your favorite war story? Hmm. War story. So, uh, oh, uh, so I was trying to think of this. Um, bad things that would happen, right? Um, there's no favorite war story that I can't talk about that doesn't paint someone in a bad light. Okay. So I won't do that. Okay. The What's your... Uh, favorite moments? Favorite moments, sure. Favorite moments? I have two favorite moments, and they're both very uh, unscripted, unedited, un, like... Really? You want to do that? Okay. Uh, two grand marshals got on stage at our post parade parties and sang and performed. Nice. Yep. One was Kevin McKidd. <laughs> Kevin McKidd got on stage with the American Rogues. Uh, they were playing at Stout, and uh, he was our grand marshal, and he was like, I want to sing. I, I love, I have my own band at home. Give me a guitar. I want to sing. I want to do 500 miles. He got on stage with the American Roads and sang 500 Miles. All the lyrics were wrong, but the whole crowd had a great time and everyone laughed and we all had fun. Nice. Yeah. And then the second one was KT Tunstall. KT Tunstall came to the post parade party at BB King's and KT was like, hey, you want me to uh, get on stage and say anything to the crowd? I'm like, yeah, sure. I can bring you up there and you can talk to the crowd if you want. She goes, well, you want me to sing? I'm like, I'm not asking you to sing. That's your, your business. That's your job. I, I'll want your agent getting mad at me or whatever. You know, like, I don't want any part of that. She goes, no, I'm telling you, I want to sing. I'm like, okay, let's make it happen. Went out back, introduced her. Um, Scotia was the headlining band that night. Uh, and Chappie from uh, Scotia, I said, Chappie, do you have a guitar I can borrow? And he's like, yeah, who's it for? I'm like, Katie Dunstall wants to sing. And he's like, really? <laughs> here, here you go. Please. <laughs> Gives her a guitar. She comes on, performed uh, Black Horse and a Cherry Tree. The crowd lost it. Loved her, loved every minute of it. She was amazing. Nice. Yeah, those impromptu moments yeah. that, that cannot be captured, cannot be, or they can be captured. It can't right. be, can't be it recreated. Was it was just, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Chappie was funny. Uh, he was saying, you, you, you realize that now you're sending me out on stage following KT Tunstall. I'm like, Chappie, you're looking at this all wrong. KT Tunstall opening just act. opened up for you. <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, I like that. <laughs> You gotta put that on the CV. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Now for the for the spectators and the participants of the parade, what do you want them to take away? What do you want them to leave the parade with? Um, leave them. I want them to leave the parade wanting to come back for more. That's that's like the whole the whole deal. It's like. You gotta wanna come back and, and continue to support the parade and, and see it happening. And like, so it's like the, the textbook definition of Tartan Week and Tartan Day is a celebration of uh, the Scots, Scots Americans and Scottish immigrants and what they've done to help build our country. That's what Tartan Day was originally created for. For me, Tartan Week is a family reunion. It's not, it's, it's sort of celebration of Tartan Day, but it's still, it's a family reunion. You get in, into town on Wednesday or Tuesday and you go to local pubs that everyone hangs out at and it's always hugs and kisses and how you been, how are you, I haven't seen you since last year, what have you done, what have you been doing? It's, it's all about catching up with good friends and 
There's a lot of, you'll see, if you start to come to the parade and go to the events every year, you'll see the same faces. And it's nice to just, it's a nice warm welcome to see a familiar face every time you come. Yeah, and it makes sense because it, through, it is culture that we are celebrating, but without everything else surrounding it, with a community, without a community yeah. surrounding it and supporting it and pushing it forward, it's just a moment in time. It's, eh, that was a fun thing that I did once versus this is the thing that I want to do every you know, April 6th, every beginning, middle of April, whenever the parade is that year. I've had one quote from a Scott who had come over uh, and she was part of a group and she'd come over from Scotland and, and first time at the parade and after the parade, she said to uh, the people she was with, she goes, I have never in my life felt more Scottish than today. She goes, this is absolutely amazing. So let's end on a personal question just for you. What does National Tartan Day mean to you? And why do you think it's important to keep it moving forward? Um, I see uh, National Tartan Day as a celebration of your heritage and where you've come from. There's a lot of problems, I think, in this country where everyone's screaming about celebrate America. You're American. You live in America. You were born in America. You're an American. Yeah, that's true. I'm American uh, through and through. I was born here. I love America. It's a great country. But I don't. I think like Scotland, my blood, my life, like your heart, it, it comes from Scotland. Like every time I go visit Scotland, no matter how many times I've been there, when I touch down and I come out of the airport and I just see Scotland or Edinburgh or, or Glasgow or if I go to Inverness or wherever I'm, I'm at, it's just, you just feel at home. And I think celebrating your heritage and where you're from is important because if you don't celebrate it, it doesn't live on. It doesn't keep going. It doesn't continue past you. If you don't keep celebrating it, it's just going to die in the past. And there's such beautiful things about Scotland and Scottish heritage that we don't want that to die. Agreed. Well, Kyle, I want to thank you for stopping by. It was wonderful for you to take time out of your busy schedule to come see us. If you want to see more interviews that we've done, check out those videos over there. And... If you're looking to see more with Kyle and his whole social media team, where should they go to find you on the YouTubes and the Facebooks? Uh, NYC Tartan Week. Everything's NYC Tartan Week. YouTube, NYC Tartan Week. Facebook, slash NYC Tartan Week. Instagram, slash NYC Tartan Week. Twitter, slash NYC Tartan Week. And we'll link it in the comments below. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. The intro music for Tartan Talk is Irish Coffee by Giorgio De Campo. If you want to get social with other kilt enthusiasts, go check out the Kilts and Culture group over on Facebook. You can find USA Kilts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or over at our website, usakilts.com. If you like the show, it would really mean a lot to us if you left a rating since it helps new people find our show. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, Slanjava.